Welcome to Epiphany Brooklyn's podcast. I am Brandon Watts, lead pastor here at Epiph. Thanks so much for tuning in. Our desire is to join Jesus in his mission to redeem our city. May God bless you as you listen and consider subscribing so that you can tune in each week. Grace and peace. Well, Deuteronomy 8.3 says, man can't live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. I know the service is a little abnormal today, and we really wanted to spend time uh, with the ordination, so I will not preach long. I know preachers say that, and they don't be telling, I really mean it. I will not preach long. Uh, so do me a favor and go to 1 Peter, 1 Peter chapter 5. Um, shout out to the Merlane family. It's, um, it's an honor to meet you guys. And, and, and I saw pans of food coming in earlier. And I said, well, what is, what is Jesus doing in the room? Because it was Haitian food. I was excited when I saw the pans coming in. I don't know if it's for me, but Caleb, can the pastor get a little bit all right, First Peter chapter five. First Peter chapter five. Uh, as you turn there, um, just I'm going to preach on elders today. Uh, we got just it's some housekeeping that we have to do. The reason First Peter five is, is where you're going. The reason we have to do some housekeeping is because I haven't preached on elders in a long time, and I think if you're not careful, you'll give room for people to kind of make up what the role is, and and sometimes we do that based on our upbringing or our understanding or baggage or. Um, you know, sometimes we bring dysfunction to it, and, and so I, and, and sometimes we bring an over honor to it, and so I kind of want to balance this out and kind of preach on this idea of um, of eldering, of pastoring, of shepherding. So do me a favor, pick me up in verse one. Shout out to those of y'all who are next door. Please don't get disconnected. Please, please, if y'all could just kind of kind of plug in. Um, I think God is going to speak through this book. Verse one says, "I exhort the elders." See that plural, y'all among you as a fellow elder and the witness of the sufferings of Christ, as well as a partaker in the glory that is going to be revealed. Shepherd the flock of God that is among you, exercising oversight, not under compulsion, but willingly as God would, as God would have you, not for shameful gain, but eagerly not domineering over those that are in your charge. I'm going to read that one again for some reason, not domineering over those that are in your charge, but be an example to the flock. And when the chief shepherd, somebody say Jesus, when the chief shepherd appears, you will receive an unfading crown of glory. Likewise, you who are younger, be subject to the elders. Clothe yourself, all of you, with humility toward one another. For God opposes the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. I want to preach today from the simple topic entitled Shepherds in the Local Church. Shepherds in the Local Church. Let's, uh, let's pray. Uh, Father, we thank you for this moment. We don't take it lightly. Um, adding to the leadership of your church is, is it's not something I do. It's something that you commissioned and you've ordained, not today, but from the foundations of the world. We thank you. We thank you, O oh God, for what you've done. And we pray, oh God, as we sit under the authority of your word, would you speak to us? Would you help us, help, at least help me to proclaim the excellencies of Jesus Christ? May we see and hear and, and feel and think and our emotions, everything drive us toward your son, Jesus, because he's the only one that's worthy of this type of praise. It's in his name and his name alone we pray. Somebody say amen. amen. Shepherds in the local church. Um, 
One of my favorite social media influencers as of right now, because, you know, they, they pop up every, every other day. One of my favorite uh, influencers is a guy by the name of Keith Lee. Y'all know who that is? Oh, man, I, I just like, it's his, it's his honesty, it's his, his generosity, you know, he has no, no culinary degree, but yet we trust him. I don't know why, but I trust that that food is right. And he blesses businesses, with the exception of Atlanta ones, they, you know, got to get that customer service right. You know, Keith Lee, you know, if he was here today, he'd probably walk around like this and... Y'all told me to try Epiphany Church. I'm here. I got it. We're going to try it. Rate it 1 to 10. I love it. It's just so stale. Just, but it's, you know. I checked out the worship team. The worship team was great. Nobody was flat. They sang very good. Song selection was excellent. 8.5 out of 10. The preaching was a little long, a little, little transitional. Didn't, didn't have a real good stick to it. But nevertheless, I think I'll come back for a second dose of it. 8.2. Listen, I, I, love, I love Keith Lee. I really do. I, I, I think, um, you know, he walks into a city and everybody's on, at least in the culinary world, world, all of the restaurants are on alert. And what makes it crazy is that you don't know who Keith Lee is sending in, right? Because it's not like he walks in and you're like, oh, make sure this meal is good. You have to treat everybody with like their priority. You got to treat everybody with respect. You got to have great customer service to everybody. Everybody's food has to be well, well seasoned. And, you know, I got to thinking when I thought about Keith Lee coming into a, a city and everybody being on alert, I, I wonder, I wonder if God sent Peter back to do an examination and a critique of the local churches. I wonder if he walked into Epiphany Church and Peter walked in like this, and he looked around and he expected everything. He, he looked at, the, he looked at the, the, the ministry leaders and he looked at the, the structure of the church. He looked at the budget and expenses. I, I wonder what he would say. Here's what I can promise you. One of the first places that he would look is at the leadership. Now, that's not to say that members and, and, and your commitment and faithfulness isn't important. But please understand the health of the church starts at leadership. Because if elders are unhealthy, if elders are gossipy, if elders aren't, aren't serving well, it has a way to trickle down and affect the entire church. I believe if God sent Peter or Paul to look back, I wonder if he would close churches. I, I wonder if he would. I wonder if he'd be like, this is not a church. This is not what I see in scripture. So therefore, let's, let's shut it down. But I wonder what he would. It, it, makes, me, it makes me nervous to think, what would he say about our local church and what would he say about the elders? Now, this letter that is written uh, in First Peter chapter, in First Peter chapter five, this letter is not like a letter like to, to the church at Rome, right? Remember, remember, Paul um, um, wrote the church, wrote to the church at Rome, and Phoebe took the letter and she took it all the way to Rome, and she she dropped the letter off for that one specific church, and then they did that with the church at Ephesus. They took the book of Ephesians and they had a, they had a specific letter to a specific church. That's not Peter. Peter's here exhortation isn't to one church; it's to all churches. And here's how I know that. Y'all stay with me. In verse one, he tells you who he's writing to. He says, Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who are elect exiles, here it is, in the dispersion of Pontus, Galilee, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bethnia. In other words, he's like, this letter is meant to circulate. 
And because it's meant to circulate, I expect that all churches that are under the authority of the apostles are all operating with healthy leadership, which is why he spends chapter five focusing in on the on the elders. Now, let me say something. If it was good for the church at Cappadocia, Asia, Bethnia, can we agree that it's good for us here at 960 Atlantic Avenue? We're not above scripture. We submit underneath scripture. And so what what Peter does in first Peter chapter five is he gives a challenge and an exhortation to the leaders. But wait, he also gives a challenge and an exhortation to those who are underneath the spiritual authority of the elders. So I just want to preach on elders today. In fact, watch the two words that come up in the first verse. He says, so I exhort the elders among you as a fellow elder and witness of the sufferings of Christ, as well as a partaker of the glory of uh, the glory that is going to be revealed. Notice that two times. Sorry, Tasha. Notice that two times he says here, elders and elder. He's, he's pointing to the specific office. Now, for those of you who are Greek scholars in the room, you, you will note the specific word that he uses is different than a word that's normally used for elder in the New Testament. The word that he uses here is episkopos. Somebody say that like you're a Greek scholar. Say episkopos. Trust me, if you say it strong and fast, we all believe that it's right. Say episkopos. Episkopos is, is interesting because... It has three different synonymous meanings to it. So it's transferable. The reason that, see, right in, in America, in the Western part of the world, what we've done is we've created different levels of leadership. And so we say, oh, an overseer is up here, right? And then a bishop is up here and then an elder is here. In the New Testament, uh, episcopos, they're all the same. He says there's three different meanings for episcopos. The first one, our English translation today in, in the ESV version, gives us one of the meanings, and that is elder. Somebody say elder. Now, elder here does not mean old age. Because I, I know what some of y'all are doing. Y'all are going, oh, Caleb's so young. Hey, Gianni's so young. Why, why you got these young bucks up there? You know, why you got them up there and you ordaining them? It's supposed to be an elder. He's supposed to have gray hair and a receding hairline. It's receding a little bit. When I was on top of here, I was going, Lord, this hairline ain't as thick as it was when I first met Caleb. But it's not old age. It's not old age that Peter is getting at. That is not the meaning of episcopos. There is another word that is used in the New Testament for the word that we see in English, an elder, and that's presbyteros. Somebody say presbyteros. Ten times in the New Testament when presbyteros, which is not the word today, but ten times in the New Testament when it's used, it speaks about elder as an old age. But that's not what Peter is getting at in our text today. What Peter is getting at when he says elder, he's talking about character that is accompanied with, 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 with competency. And he's talking about character that, 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 that shows forth and the members are able to see. In other words, we don't ordain people simply because they preach well. Because I know a lot of preachers that have horrible lives. Oh, I'm going to go deeper. I know a lot of preachers that preach Jesus and don't know Jesus. I know a lot of preachers that preach Jesus and don't know the gospel. And so it's, it's not... It's, it's not just, it's not impressive spiritual gifts that we're looking for. I want to help us. It's not well-polished communicators that we're looking for. It is not charisma that we're looking for. We're looking for confidence, but we're looking for confidence in you being, watch this, 
under the authority of Jesus with character. I'm so glad, Caleb, when you stood up here and you started talking, you started talking about how your aunt showed you integrity and, and how you made a commitment to your wife not to ever put Epiphany Church before her. Y'all hear me? I, I'm so glad you did that because what that shows me is spiritual maturity. That shows me character. So when he says elder here, he's talking about spiritual maturity. He's talking about, he's talking about character. He's saying don't put people in place that don't have the character. Can y'all agree with me that the days are long gone when we tolerate unqualified men to the office of elder? Oh man, pastors that sleep with every woman in the church. And sometimes the men. Pa- pastors, oh y'all got... Pastors, pa- pastors, pastors that dibble and dabble in sin with no conviction and then stand up here and open up this sacred book and stand before people as though you are supposed to be doing that. You've got unrepentant sin in your life. <laughs> pastors that don't value and honor their wives. Do you realize in 1 Timothy 3 when I sat here and I read that one of the qualifications was he must manage his own household well? Because you cannot pastor me. If you can't pastor at home and that's that's just the simple fact the devil is a liar. We are tired of the days where we put up with preachers that have no character and say amen because they can preach. The days are over where we do that. No, what we need is Episcopos. We need mature elders. We need consistent elders. We need elders that are free of ongoing sin, not sinless. Oh, we repent. But free of disqualifying ongoing sin. Lord, give somebody say that. Lord, give your church Episcopos. So the first, the first word translated in English for Episcopos is elder. Not meaning old, meaning spiritual maturity, meaning, meaning character. The second word in the New Testament, in the English language that we trans, transfer this Episcopos to is overseer. Somebody say overseer. In fact, he, he says it. He talks about it in the text, how we, how we exercise oversight in verse number two, shepherd the flock of God among you, exercising oversight. And so this word episcopos also means overseer. And an overseer is someone who oversees the affairs of the church. We, there, there's nothing outside of the jurisdiction of an elder in the local church. Please don't get this twisted. It's not that we dibble and dabble in everything that's going. We, t- we tell leaders, this is how you should lead. That's not how we do. But we, so we certainly sit up and we make sure that the right leaders are in place, that the budget ain't being mismanaged, that exp- y'all hear me? That, that pastors aren't, aren't, aren't asking people to stand in thousand dollar lines so that the money can go to fuel my jet for a private, you know what I'm talking, like this is the stuff we see, and here's the crazy thing, we put up with it too long, we need overseers, we need Episcopos, but it, can I go deeper, it's not just overseeing the affairs of the church, it is also overseeing your soul, now the reason you just, you, you weren't real like, oh yeah, I hear you, and you know y'all give me a good, mm, that's what I feel like I'm preaching, well y'all be like, mm. y'all didn't give me that there, Here, here's, here's why, because some of you are going, Jesus oversees my soul. The pastor don't oversee my soul. Well, Hebrews 13, 17 would disagree with you. Obey your leaders and submit to them for they are keeping watch over your, over your soul. So the first word that's used is elder for, for Episcopals. The second word that's used is overseer. The third and final word that is used is pastor. It literally means shepherd. Now, we don't know what that is because we don't live in a time where, you know, I I doubt if any of you, you know, came here from a barn with a bunch of sheep. 
like you probably didn't walk the sheep this morning. That's not, that's not our thing, right? So we don't, we don't know what, what a shepherd is. But a, without a shepherd, do you realize that sheep die? Sheep die without a shepherd because there is no protection. There is nobody to feed them. Sheep don't know. Sheep, sheep are not smart. They'll go eat stuff that they shouldn't eat, and it will clog up their digestive system. Y'all remember when, when we were in Psalm 23, and we talked about how the rivers of, of, of you know, the, the shepherd leads them to rivers of steel water, putting a bank around the rivers because, because sheep will run into the water. Their coats will get wet. The equilibrium will throw them over, and they'll die. Sheep need Shepherds. And so he says, I know what my church needs. My church needs pastors, shepherds that care for the flock. Part of our responsibility, Caleb, is five things to lead, feed, care, protect, and know. That's what my job is to lead as a shepherd would lead, to feed as a shepherd would feed, to care for the church as the shepherd would care for a church, uh, care for his flock, to spiritually protect the church, and to know the church. And so Peter says here, Episcopos, elder, overseer, shepherd. I love this idea of shepherds because one of the, you know, one of the main responsibilities that we have as pastors is to feed the sheep. That, and, and can I say, can I say, feed you the gospel? You know why I have to say that? Because so many times we go to churches where we get fed opinion. And, and we get, you know, we, we get fed what we think is right. God, forgive us for not standing flat-footed, open up this word, and show you Jesus every week. Every week you need to hear about Jesus. And so part of our responsibility is to feed the sheep. Why? Because sheep die without being fed. You got to understand something about sheep. Sheep are vulnerable. The metaphor that we are shepherds absolutely means that the local body is sheep. We're under shepherds, but we are nevertheless shepherds and the local body are sheep. And that means that sheep have to be cared for because sheep are vulnerable. This is why there, there is no team, right? We don't have a team that has a mascot of a sheep. It's weak. Sheep are, are, are the hunted, not the hunter. Chicago bulls, Chicago bears. They're not Chicago sheep. Detroit Lions. Who would want a Detroit Lamb? Jacksonville Jaguars. Because sheep are vulnerable. You know what else sheep do? Sheep wander. Isaiah 53, verse 50, uh, verse 6. We all like sheep have gone astray and we have turned everyone to his own way. Sheep are not like dogs that they wander off and they find their way back home. If a sheep wanders off, he doesn't come back home. Let me give you Bible. Luke 15, when Jesus saw that one of the sheep wandered off from the fold, he had to go get it, which means he pursues us. And one of the ways, thank you, God, one of the ways that he pursues the local church is by local shepherds. It's local shepherds that protect the, church, the, the sheep. It's local, local shepherds that feed the sheep. I love David's words where David says in Psalm 23, verse number one, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. Green pastures is eating, feeding. Are y'all with me? Let me do a little bit more here because I'm thinking about now, I'm thinking about Peter's words to us today are Peter's, is coming out of Peter's experience when he was with Jesus on the shore. Remember when Jesus was on, was on the shore after he died, before he ascended into heaven, he sat down and he had a fish fry on the shores with the disciples. And he looks at Peter and he says, Peter, do you love me? Peter says, of course, you know I love you. 
What is Jesus' response? Feed my, feed my sheep. He asked him again, Peter, do, do you love me? He says, Lord, you, you know I love you. He says, tend to my lambs. And then the third time he says, Peter, do you love me? And Peter's like, oh, like, Lord, you know all things. Of course, you know I love you. And he's like, feed my sheep because shepherds feed. You should have an expectation. Y'all hear me even over in the other space. Every single time you come to church, you should have an expectation that the pastor has spent time preparing to feed you. Every week, we don't rush in here and be all over the place. Oh, I didn't spend any time with the Lord. Then sit down till you got something to say. Because we stand up here and we preach the very word of God. You have no time for microwave sermons. We have no time for it. We just went to uh, Antigua. It was a a bunch of us. Um, This time last week, we were on the the beach having a small, but we weren't having a small group. We we actually were watching y'all in service. And then we turned it off and Miss Carol grabbed a coconut and we just, you know, we relaxed. We were there for a wedding. It was ministry. It was ministry. And while we were there, there were several restaurants that we, you know, that we hit up. And, and one of the things, and this is, you know, in the Western world, we just, ah, we just don't always get this. Every single restaurant you went to, the ingredients were so fresh. There was stuff on the menu. You'd be like, do you have this? They'd be like, oh, we don't got it because we didn't go to the market. I'm like, yo, you ain't got it in the freezer? No. It's, in, it's because, because a chef knows that food is better when I prepared it. But when I let this, that, 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 that food marinate, when I, when I got fresh ingredients, when I'm not just throwing it together, and this is why I say Epiphany Church has no time for microwave food. Food. Every time an elder gets up, we should be thinking, Lord, I got to feed your people. And this also means feeding you with food, Zach, that sometimes you don't like. If you leave here every, every Sunday and you be like, yes and amen, I'm telling you we're preaching too low. Because sometimes you have to walk away with a little bit of a tood. Every now and then you got to walk away and be like, I can't believe the word of God said that. Now, I hope I don't offend you with my words, but every now and then you got to walk away and be like, anybody ever had that when you were reading the word of God? You was like, you serious, Lord? You put that in here? I ain't never seen that before. Because every now and then we need food that we don't like. It's like somebody that's sick rejecting the medicine that they need. Who are you? You're sick. Take the food you need. This is why grandma used to say, you can have dessert, but you got to eat the asparagus. You got to eat the broccoli because part of shepherding, Caleb, means that sometimes you got to preach stuff that is not popular. Sometimes you got to preach stuff that is not culturally relevant. Sometimes you got to preach stuff that don't make sense. And let me help you out. Sometimes you got to preach when you don't feel like it. If you think every time I come in here, I feel like it. There are moments, and it's not that I don't want to be a part of the worship. There's moments that I just want to come and be a part of worship and go out to brunch and go home. There's moments where I don't want to sit under the weight. The reason I had your hands up is because there are moments that you will feel the weight of ministry. But even through that, preach the word. This is why the Bible says, be ready in season, out of season. I'm on this point too long. I'm going to move on. So first, elders, episcopos. It means elder. It means shepherd or pastor, and it means overseer. Now watch this. Verse 1, I got to get out of verse 1. So I exhort the elders among you as a fellow elder. I need you to pick up real quick the humility because what happens is it's nothing worse than a prideful pastor. It's nothing worse than an elder that has spiritual authority but has arrogance. It's nothing worse than it. Watch what Peter does here. The word he uses here is I exhort the elders as a fellow elder. Do you notice? Do you know who this is? Yo, this is Peter. 
Like, I need y'all to use your sanctified imagination for a second and think about this. Peter is a is an OG in these gospel streets. Peter is not wet behind the ears. He, he's not new to this. Pe- this is Peter that walked with Jesus day in and day out. That this, is, this is Peter that was a part of the disciples, but not just a part of the disciples, was a part of the inner circle, Peter, James, and John. And this is, this is, this is Peter that stood on the Mount of Transfiguration and watched Jesus do something that the rest of the disciples didn't get to see. This is Peter that wrote 1 Peter and 2 Peter. This is Peter that walked on the water. And even though this is that dude, that Peter, he walks so humbly and he does not walk around and say, I'm the bishop. Oh, he, not, he don't walk around and be like, oh, I'm the pope. He, he's not walking around and be like, I'm the chief apostle. He exhorts them as a fellow elder. He's like, look, I know I got more experience than y'all. I know y'all don't know. In fact, y'all preaching a gospel about the crucifixion of Jesus. I saw the crucifixion of Jesus. And yet I walk with humility and I walk low. I stay underneath the gospel. I I, I stay underneath the cross. I stay underneath the word of God. And the reason I have to do that is because this position with authority, if you're not careful, will cause you to be puffed up. Caleb, you preach well. If you get enough amens. And you get enough people that pull you aside and be like, man, that word really struck me. You have no clue how the enemy will use that to, to change your heart. You better remember Peter's words, a fellow elder. You also better remember John's words. Every time you stand up, you better pray to yourself the same way John did. I must decrease so that he can increase. Because pastors don't march to their own marching t- orders. We don't, we don't march to our own beat. We follow the words of Jesus. Now, I got I to gotta give you this, though. I, I'm, I'm going to be done in like five minutes, ten minutes. Ten minutes, I'll be done. I got to say this because Peter, even though he is shown today as a fellow elder, there was something different about Peter's le- leadership and the rest of the elders. Can we agree? There's this term, you should Google this, it's called first among equals. It means Peter assumed equality with the rest of the elders, but he also had this, this idea. There was also this idea of scripture of first among equals. And in other words, he kind of, he kind of rose as the pastor of pastors. But what that means is if you look in Acts chapter two and the Bible says that 120 in the upper room and they all start speaking in tongues, who stands up and preaches? Peter. Peter stands up and preaches because he's a first among equals. You also see that in Acts chapter 15 when the church couldn't get it together and they're trying to figure out dietary laws between the Jews and dietary laws between the Gentiles. And Peter is one of the leaders that steps up and provides leadership because Peter, although he is a fellow elder, he is also a first among equals. In other words, Paul is the same way. He, he rises to a different level. And so, Caleb, one of the things I know is even though you are a pastor, you are a pastor that still needs to be pastored. I still need to be pastor. And can I be honest with y'all? There are times, you know, <laughs> the pride in my heart, sometimes when I'm not pastored the way I want to be pastored. Y'all know what I'm talking about? There, there was one time I was, um, I was getting on a flight and I posted something right before the flight. This is years ago. It was so long ago. It was Twitter. And so I, um, I, put, I posted something on Twitter. What's it called? Not X? Or, I don't know what it's called. And I posted something years ago on Twitter and my pastor saw it and he, obviously he didn't, he didn't like it. He didn't, he didn't think it was appropriate. He didn't think I should have posted it. And so I'm on the flight. We are literally 
on the runway about to take off and he calls me. He's like, man, I don't know what that is, man. You need to take that down. Now, my first reaction was, bro, why are you on my page, though? <laughs> my first reaction. But then I remember who he was. I was like, let me lower myself and submit here to his, you know, to, to his authority. In, in other words, in other words, there has to be, and I'm going to talk about this in a second before I end, there has to be humility when it relates to your submission to pastors. I'll talk about it now. I'm all over the place, but I'll talk about it now real quick. If you notice, God is calling pastors to be humble, right? Peter says, I'm a fellow elder. I have the, I have the rank to be the, the top dog and call myself the top dog, but I'm not. I'm going to be low, just like everybody else. But the scripture also calls you to be humble in relation to elders. How do I know that? Because in verse number five, he says, likewise, you who are younger, be subject to the elders. And so the only way this works if, is if all of us, the pastors, the members, the deacons, we all walk with a level of humility. The scripture says to submit to the elders. The reason I sat on that runway and I took that daggone tweet down, the reason I did it is because I understood that he was protecting me. That was, he was shepherding me. And can I say this to y'all like, Look, I'm, I'm 43 now. I feel like I'm starting to age a little bit. Not physically. I just, I'm so disconnected with some of the language and the, my goddaughter's here. She, sometimes she sends me a, a text and I, be like, I have to Google what does she mean by this, this acronym. I don't know what this means. You know, because I feel like I'm, I'm starting to have a little bit of age gap. But let me explain something to you. And I'm not beating y'all up. I love, I love the younger generation. But when I tell you sometimes y'all just a little too sensitive... Just a little too sensitive. Just a little bit. Not like you ain't all out like, you know, crying. Like you're just a little sensitive. And sometimes it shows up when it comes to verse five, be subject to the elders. And I've seen so many people that are going, there's no way he talked to me like that. I'm, call I'm calling church. There was one guy I was like, he was like, man, I got church hurt. I'm like, man, I'm so sorry to hear about that. Tell me about the church hurt. The pastor told me I was in sin. I'm like, bro, that ain't church hurt. That's good pastoring. You was in sin. Come out from among them and be ye separated. The stuff we call church hurt, God, it ain't church hurt. Some of it is real good discipleship, real good pastoring. I've told y'all so many times we need people in our business. And sometimes that shows up when it comes in relation to elders, because part of our responsibility of shepherding you is correction. Correction doesn't always mean church hurt. In fact, he says here, here's more humility for us. It says here in verse number, I know I'm all over the place. In verse number three, do not be domineering over those in your charge. Please don't confuse domineering, domineering behavior with good, wholesome correction. How many know you need to be corrected? Like, I'm not, is there anybody here that's like, I, I need, every now and then, like I need somebody to, to pull my coattail to check me? Because we need that. And so the Bible says here, those of you who are shepherds, be sensitive. Don't be domineering. But those of you who are members, he says here, be subject. That's submission. Do you know that submission actually is a pointer to looking more like Jesus? Can I say this? Submission is, we, this is such a dirty word. I ain't submitting. No. Submission is, is looking more like Jesus because you can't tell me in the Garden of Gethsemane, Jesus couldn't have had his own way. You can't tell me that Jesus in the Garden couldn't look up to the Father and be like, I know we forever have been, you know, completely locked in, but you're wrong on this one. So therefore, I'm not going to die on the cross. I'm going to do my own thing. No, he said, nevertheless, not my will. That's submission. 
but your will be done. And for some of you that buck up against leadership and buck up against correction, what you're doing is saying, I don't want to look like Jesus. Humility. You need humility. We need humility. We, we need not to run this race for applause. We need not to run this race for notoriety. We need not to run this race for money and run this race for fame. We run this race because we want to point you to, here it is. I'm going to end here. In fact, I'm going to close it. I'm done. Here's why we do it. Because verse 4 says, when the chief shepherd appears, here's the reward, y'all. You will receive an unfading crown of glory. We are under shepherds, Caleb. Jesus is the chief shepherd. And if you ever confuse that, it is the moment you will be downhill in ministry. Jesus has to be. He is the senior pastor. Oh, yeah. He is the, the, the chairman of the elder board. The reason my name ain't outside on this building right now is because Jesus name should be on there as senior pastor. I hope y'all are hearing me and hearing me well. And because we ran, you know, we have the paint was expensive. And it was 20, you know, 20, 2021. Paint was a little expensive. So Ty said, leave him off. Hello, Brooklyn. I went to look at my notes. I'm done. Play something soft. Y'all come back next week. I promise. I promise we'll, we'll, we'll kind of go through how we normally do our three points. But I'm, I'm just, I'm really grateful today as we think about what healthy church looks like. I'm grateful today because I think we're making a step toward it. Here's what I know. There are a bunch of you in here that have gifts and have callings. This is not the last ordination. We need deacons. We need more elders. I need y'all to look around. How we got a whole nother section, a whole nother space that people are in. We need pastors. Y'all hear me? We need that. And I'm talking hum- humble pastors that ain't looking to be exalted. That ain't looking to be lifted up. Like even when I was talking about submission to elders, I felt like Birdman. Put some respect on my... I didn't, that's not my disposition. Be- that's not my disposition. But I do believe that the scripture tells us in 1 Timothy uh, chapter 4, I think it's 4, it says that you should receive double honor. So there should be a level of honor. And I'm not talking about that weird preacher, because you know preacher idolatry is real? Oh, pastoral idolatry is real. Where we lifting up pastors. Listen, I ain't died for you. Jesus died for you. In fact, I'll go on record and say 99.9% of the room I would never die for. But Jesus would. That 0.1% is Ty and my boys and my goddaughter. That's it. That's it. Let's be honest. But Jesus willingly went to the cross. And this is why he's the chief shepherd, because the under shepherd's blood ain't good enough. We We needed the blood that was spotless. Listen, I'm not I'm not connecting you to a holy God. I'm not your mouthpiece in the sense that you can only hear from God by me. The devil's a liar. This week, tomorrow you need to hear, tonight you need to hear from God. It's called prayer and devotion to the word of God. Every head bow and every eye close. I want to pray for the health of our church. As we close this time and close this ordination service, I want to pray for the health. 
I am so not interested, y'all, in pastoring a church that is unhealthy. Pastoring a church, y'all come on up. Y'all pastoring a church that's a cesspool of sin. Pastoring a church where there's, there's no real oversight and pastoring a church where the elders are all just yes people to the lead pastor. The devil's a liar. We need a plurality of leadership. And I don't know about y'all, man, but as we're talking about reaching the city for the glory and the honor of Jesus Christ, we need some of you to step up in these leadership roles. And I believe that that's what the Lord is doing today. Father, I thank you for each and every individual that's here. No circus and candy. No hyping people up. Lord, let this be a place where humility is contagious, where we are humble servants, all submitted under the lordship of you. May we never beat our chest and say, look at me. May we always point to you, the elders, the deacons, the ministry leaders, the members, the attenders. May we all sit and put our gaze and our eyes on the work of the cross. And so, Lord, we thank you, oh God, for this day. But we'd be remiss, oh God, if we walked out of here and just highlighted ourselves. Lord, we need Jesus. And so, Lord, do, do what you can only do in this church, and that's breed health, breed a different level of commitment. I pray someone's spiritual growth would happen today, that they would get to know you in a deeper way and that your gospel would not be lost, but Lord, that, that it would find them where they are and rescue and transform their lives. Break addictions in this room. Restore marriages in this room. Yeah, do that, Lord. Give somebody that's single an extra boost of purity today. Because we want to be sanctified. We want to spiritually grow. We want to be mature. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.